We brought your Bibles. All right, let's lift them up, make the devil nervous. Say, this is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. And I am what it says I am. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Heavenly Father, we just come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for the word of God that is is truth. It's our compass. It renews our mind. It rejuvenates us. Lord, you've been promised that if we'll just stay in your word continually, it will heal our bodies. There are so many blessings to your word, Lord. And so today we just want to take a moment and mine out. So we just ask you as the teacher, the Holy Spirit, to come and reveal truth and insights. And Lord, may we have an aha moment in you from your word. So God, we just love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, if you were here clean, uh, decorating and doing all this, we had a great turnout yesterday to get ready for Christmas. Would you just stand? I just want to say thank you, and you need a, a round of applause. Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, which reminds me, Tim and Laura Davis, uh, they, yeah, they uh, had a, a great idea. So when you walk in, in the foyer, there's a tree just to your right. It's blue and white, and that is to represent Israel. And so we want to honor Israel, yes. And so next, there's two bowls there, and you're like, ah, that's kind of weird. Yeah because it gives you an opportunity to do something. Um, we want to bless Israel and some ministries that are there. And if there's some prayers or thoughts that you have towards the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, and you just want to send an encouraging word, we're going to make sure all that gets to Israel. I follow a gentleman who is in uh, Galilee, and he uh, says there's a bunch of people in Israel that feel like they're alone in the world right now. And uh, that they just, where's the support? Um, are, we, are we alone? And so he's constantly sharing uh, words of encouragement to the people he knows in his community and, and his nation. So if we could just be a part of that to bring some encouragement, that would be wonderful. There's blue cards ready for you. All you have to do is write it, and that's what the bulls are for, to drop those in, and we'll just pass those along. So, can we do that? While we're talking about that, let me just give you, uh, sometimes we don't understand what's going on in the world, that what is going on in the world, can I just take a minute and fix my iPad here? I 
I, I got it. it it's, it'll work enough right now. Okay. So, um, obviously, we know what's going on in uh, Israel, and they were attacked on uh, October 7th. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, said that they feel like they're in their uh, a second level of battle for their independence uh, from 1948. And World War II, there were atrocities done to the Jewish people. Six million people, Jewish people, died in World War II, in World War II uh, savagely. Uh, murdered, killed, and tried to exterminate. Uh, and the reason, spiritually, was because Satan knows time is running out. And how many have ever read the book of Revelation? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a very important book concerning the times that we're about to go into. But in that book, it talks about the nation of Israel and Jerusalem. And a lot of the world is going to revolve around that. And that's why the news every day is focused on this tiny little nation. But in World War II, Satan was trying to stop God's promise and his plan from coming forth. So if he can wipe out the people, there won't be a nation. But 1948, the nation was birthed in a day, just like the Bible said. And so 75 years later today... The nation exists, and they are being threatened. And Satan wants to eliminate the nation so the word of God won't be fulfilled. So we're living in a day where we are literally seeing the word of God being fulfilled and coming to pass. So we want to continue to pray and stand with Israel. Amen? All right. Well... You got your Bibles? Today we're going to talk about something I am so excited about. And we want to be going into Thanksgiving. I want to give you something to truly be thankful for. In Him realities. So, in Him this Thanksgiving. So one of the most aha moments I believe a Christian can, I'm just going to put this up, a Christian can experience is finding out who we are in Christ when you find out, not only we know Jesus died on the cross for us and rose again and, and has made a way for us to get to heaven, but there's so much more. And so I want to give you a, just a little bit of stuff that you're just going to be like, ah, okay. So are you with me for the ride? So we want to understand, and I just want to give you something to just boost your Thanksgiving uh, in Christ this year. And many of you, born again, love Jesus. How many here love Jesus? Yeah. But do you fully understand the things Christ has done and who you are in Christ? That's what we want to touch on today. And why do you need to know who you are in Him? We often feel like we're not good enough that maybe we're a sinner. A lot of times I hear Christians, I we're just sinners. Well, that's who you were. You were a sinner, but you were saved by grace, and now you've accepted Christ. Now you're not a sinner. You used to be a sinner. Now you are the righteousness 
righteousness of God in Christ. So it changes everything. And so sometimes we might feel the guilt and sin and shame and the devil's whispering in our ear that God doesn't love you. Has anybody ever felt the devil just tell you that? Okay, one person. I had my hand raised like, ah, everyone has felt that, right? No, just me. But uh, we got to renew our mind to who we are in Christ because it is really, really powerful. And when we're more sin conscious of our life than we are righteous conscience, we have a skewed view of God. And so we don't want... We want to have a proper perspective. And when we receive Jesus, we receive his blood, it makes us clean, it makes us forgiven, and it makes us loved. Makes you loved. You are loved. You are worth loving. You're an amazing person. And we can truly say, I'm redeemed. I am. The Bible tells us, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You're redeemed. Redeemed from what? Redeemed from all the gunk the devil tries to put on us. Guilt, shame, feeling not good enough. You are delivered. You've been set free. You've been made part of the family of God. Good stuff. So when I got saved, um, I went down the front of the church, so scared. Went down to the front of the church, invited people. You want to receive Jesus? Come down to the front. So I'm just like, ah, okay. So I went down front, repented, received Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And, uh, man, it was, actually, I got saved in my brother's truck, but I had a recommitment to Jesus Christ at one point in my life. So that was, came down front. And, man, it was, it was a, it was a spiritual God moment in my life. It was one of the most pivotal things I've ever done that changed me. But you know what happened the next day? The enemy was right there to tell me, you really didn't get saved. It didn't take. You're still the same you. God's mad at you. Look at all the stuff you've done. You're a bad person. You can't fix bad so it just like, ah. Uh, so I was going to youth group at the time, and the youth pastor would just be like, you know, give an opportunity to receive Jesus. And so I was just like, yeah, I want to receive Jesus. And it was like, I just wanted to let the devil know, I'm, I'm going to get saved again. <laughs> Even though I was already saved, right? But, you know, the devil kept whispering to me that I wasn't good enough, and it didn't take, and it didn't work, and, and God wasn't really good with me. And so I just, well, I'm going to just raise my hand again. So I kept doing this over and over and, uh, until I got a reality of who I am in Christ. And I realized I don't need to raise my hand every time. But I was doing it just to let myself know and also let the devil know I'm saved. And it took. And so saved by God's grace. And I believe in that. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, everyone say in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. 
Behold, all things have become new. And when I received Jesus, I became a new person, free from the penalty of my own sins and mistakes. No longer would that be held against me, even though the devil continually, even to this day, still reminds me. And I just say, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. So back off, bucko. And so Pastor Charlene just says, you're, you're a new creation in Christ. We receive Jesus. You might not feel new, but we are new because we put our faith in the work of Jesus Christ. We've been made new in Christ. And so that is a powerful reality. And, you know, I still got uh, sin scars in my life. Didn't wipe my memory out. I can look back at places where, and, you know, I still miss it. I'm still not perfect. I'm still working out being made right in Christ. We're all being developed to become more in the image of Christ every day in Christ. But that doesn't mean we've arrived. Not one person's going to have arrived until we get a new body and we're delivered from the this body that we're housed in and this world that we're surrounded by. So we're all in process. So don't throw stones at me. But we have sin scars. And so we can remember those things. But they don't have to hold me back from the truth of who I am in Christ. And so, yeah, can remember some things, but it's not who I am. I'm now new in Christ. And, you know, uh, you can look up, and I, this is your homework. Look up in him scriptures because there's over a 100 of them in the New Testament. And it will change your life. Find out who you are in Christ, in him, in whom, powerful things. And these verses are the basis of what we confess every Sunday. I can have what the Word says. I can do what the Word says I can do. And I am what the Word says I am. And we don't just say that for fun. We say it because we want to confess that His Word is true for me in my life. Come on. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. I just love a verse that starts out with this. Blessed. (laughs) Blessed. Who are you? Blessed. Blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. So point to your neighbor and say, blessed you. With every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. What? Has blessed us? Means it's already taken place. The blessings of God have already been established and moved into your court so that you can live in. You can live in the blessings. A lot of times we don't feel blessed. But we got to learn as believers that we don't walk by what we feel, we walk by faith. And we say, I am blessed. With every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's what belongs to you. 
You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. Sometimes we don't feel blessed, but it doesn't matter what you feel. What is the truth? The truth is I'm blessed with every spiritual blessings. And uh, sometimes it might seem too good to be true, but we need to renew our mind that Christ has done some incredible things that we need to get a hold of. We need to accept it and confess it. Confess it. You just need to go around and just remind the devil when you speak out, just go, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Can we all just say that? You need to practice. Just say, I'm blessed. You need to say it again. I'm blessed. Man. I mean, you think, I mean, logically, when you think of everything Jesus did, went to the cross for you so you could live a miserable life, that is mockery to the cross of Jesus Christ. He went to the cross to enforce a blessing. You just have to receive it and go, I'm blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Confess it. It is who you are, and it is what belongs to you. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. I'm just going to give you a couple because there's too many. You've got to find them. How many just say, you know, I want to look up more of these in him things? hope so. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 begins with, in him. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. What? In him. We have. You can just take the we and just go, I have redemption. What if you, what is, uh, Miss Amy was talking about, you know, uh, adding some things, some space in for God blessing you financially. What is the enemy stole from you financially for an example? And you can just go, you know, in Christ, I have redemption, not only from my life, from sin, I'm saved, but God wants to do more in redeeming some things the enemy took. So he's going to bring some things back. How many could need some things brought back? Money, family members, some love, some forgiveness. Man, redeemed you through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Wow. Uh, Celeste, I see you here. You blessed me yesterday. Could you come on up here? I'm going to use you. Yeah. Come on up here. She came here yesterday just helping out. She's kind of new to the church, so she probably doesn't even like this moment. But um, So I got 20 bucks here. And I got a cup of water. Okay? <clears throat> so... Uh, here's the rules. You need to think, tell me the number I'm thinking in my head from one to a thousand. Yeah. So there's a lot of options. And uh, you just got to tell me what the number is that is in my head. And then if you're wrong, I dump the water over your head. 
if you're right, you get the $20 bill. So that's the rules. That's the law. Okay? So I'm thinking of a number. And what number do you think I'm thinking of? Uh, 523. So close. <laughs> I was thinking of 777, 777. So the rules and the law state if, if you don't do it right, you get the penalty of missing it. <laughs> She's asking, would someone film this for me? So, so Mercy says, you're not going to get what you deserve. <laughs> that would have been fun. I would have enjoyed that. But, uh, but that's what God does. He doesn't give us what we deserve when we've not fulfilled his obligations according to the laws, according to the, his rules. He gives us mercy. We don't get what we deserve. Grace says, even though I missed it, grace says, you get the money anyway. Yeah, so that's it. So give her a, give her a hand. Thank you. <clears throat> so grace, man, that's what Jesus did. We don't get. How I many know we're not none of us are perfect? We've all fallen short of the of God's requirements. And the devil keeps trying to remind us, you're not good enough, you're gonna get the penalty. But God goes, I went to the cross and I'm removing the penalty equation out of the way. So mercy is what you, we all get. And when he says here, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. He's saying, I'm not going to give you the penalty. Instead, I'm going to give you blessings of grace on your life. I'm going to give you what you didn't earn. I'm going to bless you. In Christ, we get blessed. We get the riches of his grace. That's what belongs to us. And if we don't know that, we're not going to look for it. We're not going to expect it. But when we understand who we are in Christ, Christ isn't giving us what. And sometimes, man, I know some of you. I'm looking at your faces, and I'm like, man, you've, you've been some creative sinners. It's like, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. That's amazing. Wow. But God's like, you're not getting, you're not getting that. Because Jesus took that penalty for you. So the penalty's out of the equation in Christ. Instead, he's given you blessing through grace. So I'm saying, make, make this Thanksgiving good. Riches of his grace bestowed on you. Right, Keith? Come on, man. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. That's just an amazing chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. This one, this is probably, today it's my favorite scripture in the Bible. It's just, I, man, I just, I feel warm fuzzies when I read this scripture because it's revolutionized my life. For he made him who knew no sin, he's, he's perfect, to be sin. For us, for me, 
that we, me, might become the righteousness of God in him. That's ridiculous. The righteousness of God in Christ made right. And the devil is going to fight you on this. And he's going to tell you over and over. Because one of the names of the devil is he's the accuser. He's the slanderer. He's the deceiver. And so he's just going to tell you that this isn't true. You, your job is to enforce the victory Christ won. You go, uh-uh, that ain't true because I've been made right through Christ. Not only just made right, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I mean, you just need to go, uh, uh, that's a lot. Just ponder that. Go home and just, just sit somewhere and just go, Lord, what does it mean, the righteousness of God? I've been made that? And just let him talk to you. It's powerful. If you really think about the power of Christ to make you right. It's amazing. Made right. Good standing. If Pastor Starlene was here, she'd tell you stories of being made right with her parents. <clears throat> Not that she's ever been made wrong, but she just enjoyed when they lived in Montana. She would just go over into their house, knew where the key to the door was, open up like she belongs there, walk in. She's hungry. She just help herself to the refrigerator and just take whatever she wants, make a mess, leave it in the... In the she wouldn't do that, but she would clean up dishes and stuff, and she'd just be like... Phew. I'm in good standing with my folks. I can just help myself. Right? Because you're in good standing. How many got friends you can just go in, help yourself to their food and what parents or whatever, and just like, I'm in good standing. That's what God is saying. He's saying, come on in. The door's open. You're welcome. Grab something out of the fridge. Let's sit down. Let's chit-chat. Come on. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be to God. Yeah. Who always leads us in triumph in Christ. See, we've got to remember the in Christ part because sometimes if we don't, we can just think we're all that in a bag of chips and just go, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm me because I made myself me. need to remember, you've been made who you are because God has been good to you. You woke up on the right side of the dirt today because God gave you another day to live. <laughs> now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Woo! You see, we need to start believing we're on the winning team. Well, the Democrats are in office. <laughs> Don't matter. You're on God's team. But what if the, they raise taxes? They're gonna, so you're on the winning team. <laughs> well, if I get a raise, I'm afraid to get a raise because then I'll be in another financial bracket and they're gonna take. 
God's going to bless you so much. He'll provide for you the extra taxes you got to pay. I mean, we worry about so many things like God isn't a part of the equation. Of ble- well, I want the blessings, but then I'll have to pay more taxes. What are you, stupid? Take the blessings. When, when you've been caused to triumph in Christ, in Christ, and through you diffuses the fragrance of the knowledge in every place. Now, sometimes we know what things are by what they're not. So, uh, people, maybe you've experienced it, you come in this place, I just sense peace here at, at church. I sense God. How many could say at some point, maybe not today, but you've sensed God in this place, and you have the Spirit in this place. But how many of you ever gone to a place and God wasn't there? <laughs> you know, it's like you walked into a situation and like, there's tension and static in the air, and what is, is going on? You know, everyone's smiling and putting on their fakeness, but you know, 30 seconds ago, there was some major chaos in this place, and I can feel it. (laughs) You know what I mean? But when you walk into a room and you know who you are in Christ, you diffuse the anointing of God in that place. Woo! Woo! How many like ointment on your boo-boos, on your wounds? You know, there's a lot of hurting people in the world. And what if the anointing of God is on you and just your presence brings a healing, fragrance, aroma in... Some of you are going to some family members this week. And you're already getting braced for what is going to take place. Oh, Jesus... You know this family member, I'm telling you. Well, you need to remember who you are in Christ. And I know that home. (laughs) It's fun. Not. But I know who I am in Christ. And I win. I triumph. And when I go into that, Christ through me. Are you okay, honey? Somebody give her a Kleenex or something. It's making a mess on her seats. But through you, anointing will flow and bring healing. And how many would love to just see God show up in your family gathering this week? You know, and you got a mind, you kind of know, anticipate, okay, this could go one or two ways, and I'm thinking it's not going to go the good way. But you show up, and God shows up with you, and... There's peace. There's calmness. Man, that's who you are. That's that's a gift that belongs to you in Christ. To let him diffuse out of you. I don't know what it is about Starlene, but she puts diffusers more on my side of the house and the rooms and stuff. I don't know what she's trying to say, but she wants a better fragrance in my zones of the house where I'm usually at. Why? Because she doesn't want to smell the non, just the just straight Greg. <laughs> you know, Greg needs a little help. Well, how many know? We all need a little help. So just plug in. Let Jesus bring His diffusion and just permeate through you. Come on. 
Is that too much? Is that a little too TMI there? No. We need to believe who we are. Time to confess you triumph. Just, why don't we just practice that? I triumph. Always. Now, I do got to put, the lawyers said, you know, you got to say this when you say that because God has given everyone a free will. So you can't triumph over someone's will to choose to do stupid. So you can't, I triumph over their decisions. You can't do that. God doesn't even do that. So, but when the enemy comes against you, attack you, your body, your finances, situations, just, I triumph over this in Jesus' name because I belong in Christ. And if I belong to Christ, I'm on the winning team and I am an overcomer. Amen? Amen. Diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge. You know, sometimes uh, Hosea said it this way, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Sometimes we lose because we just don't know what belongs to us. That's why searching out what belongs to you in Christ makes you victorious, makes you a winner, reinforces the fact that you've taken ground in Christ, and it belongs to you, and you're not giving it up. Amen? Let's go on to another. Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. This is another good one, man, I tell you. These are all so good. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all, all, all. Your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes we can get into pride and just go, man, I'm good. I don't need nothing. You know, there's a part of us that we just always need to have a little more need so we are always relying upon God. God, your word says, you will supply all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, you get that unexpected bill, that thing. Lord, here's my need, and you're going to meet it in Christ Jesus. Can we do that? Is that, can, can we, is that legal? Isn't that part of the grace that's been bestowed upon you? Come on. How many got some needs? Yeah, just raise your hand. Let's just pray about it right now. Let's just bring the word of God into this. This is, this is a real moment. And this is how you pray. When you've got a need, you go, Lord, you said according to your word. The address is Philippians 4.19. In case you forgot, Lord. You said, you are my God, and you will supply all my need according to your riches 
in glory by Christ Jesus. So now my needs are met in Jesus' name. And then you just walk it out, and you just keep reinforcing that thing. And then you come back on Sunday, and you go, you wouldn't believe what God did. Man, I had this need on Sunday. Boom, this happened. And, man, I just want to share the good things that God is doing. He wants. And here's another thing we got to get in our head. We don't think God wants to meet our needs. We think we got to do everything. Man, just bring God into your work, into your finances. When you're paying your bills, don't forget to go, God, thank you for blessing our accounts, touching that. Just save it. You know, these things have been unsaved and unsanctified. They've been running muck, but they're giving their heart to you right now in Jesus' name. So, I mean, just do what you got to do. It might sound funny, but, man, there's a spiritual reality happening. He wants to meet your needs. Jesus, he said there is no good thing, 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 that he would withhold from those who love him. Do you love him? No good thing would he withhold from you. No good thing. There's some good things. So if he said it, you love him, you qualify. He wants to meet your needs. Confess that over lack. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. It was God. This is the Amplified. I believe this is the, the female version of the Bible. Yeah, you know, it's true because there's so many more words. So many more words. <clears throat> it was God... It was God personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men and women their trespasses, but canceling them, canceling them, and committing to us the message of reconciliation. Of the restoration of favor. Favor. Everyone just say favor. You know, you, it wouldn't even be wrong for you to just go, God, I thank you. I'm your favorite. If you're in Christ, you have favor. People, we, sometimes we say dumb things. I, I always get in a long line at Yang. Why don't you just start saying, I'm favored when I go into the parking lot, and parking lot's half here right next to the door. I always get in the short line, and the clerk that who's got ability to process information and people quickly and fast. You know? We'd say dumb, if it wasn't for something bad happening, nothing. You know, we just believe you are favored. You are favored. It was God personally in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor in himself. And a lot of people don't want God, don't want his favor, don't want his blessing. So if you don't want it, that free will is yours. So, Lord, I, don't, you know, I know you want to favor me, I know you want to, but I don't want it. You know, I just don't. God's okay with that. He's okay with that dumb decision. 
restore favor to himself, not counting up and holding against us trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us. One scripture says it's not just a message, but it's our ministry. Every one of us have this ministry of reconciling people back to God's favor. I don't know, this is good stuff to me. You have a message. God is not mad at you. Jesus canceled all the wrongdoings if you've accepted him, and he wants to put favor on your life. That's who you are in Christ. That's what belongs to you in Christ. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. See, we need to understand and get more of these in hymns in us to enforce the victory that belongs to each and every one of us. There is blood-bought, precious blood of Jesus. Not cheap. Very expensive you are. But you're worth it. You are worth it. You are so worth Jesus' sacrifice and his blood and his, the crucifixion. You're worth it. This isn't just something, uh, he's a historical figure, he's a good man. No, he is your Savior to restore something that's been lost. Favor and blessing and grace and mercy on your life. The psalmist said it this way, all the days of my life, goodness and mercy are going to follow me. So when you look back, you're like, whoa, I got some people following me. That's why things have been a little easier. Grace and mercy have been accompanying me all my life. Let's all stand. Just bow your head and close your eyes. Those of you watching online, this message is just as powerful viewing it as it is in person. But this message only works if we make one decision. The decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Inviting Him into your heart. Create something new in you. And it begins with a prayer. And if you're in this place or watching online, I'm going to count to three. And on three, just raise your hand here or online. And we're all going to pray a simple prayer together that begins the process of some things God can do to make new in your life. Restore favor. Restore blessing. I'm telling you, who doesn't need that? One, God is a good God. Two, don't let the whispers of the enemy talk you out of this moment. Three, raise your hand in this place. Receive him. Yes. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Those of you watching online in this place, let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you as I am. I'm coming to you as a sinner. But I'm being saved by your grace. Right now, I'm becoming new. Old things are passed away. And I am saved, delivered, restoring favor, grace upon my life because I received Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're not just hearers only, but we're doers. 
we're going to enforce the victory of who we are in Christ. Amen. We can have, we can do, and we can be everything Christ has said we can be.